Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I want to tell you this morning, the wise thing to always do is to take God at his word. You see, if Peter doesn't take God at his word, there's no catch, there's no blessing. For Peter, there's no blessing for the other people. You and I have to be very careful. We say sometimes God isn't blessing us. That's because we don't take him at his words. And those words almost always require a step of faith. When we receive Christ, things are changed for sure. The weight of guilt has been removed. We become aware of God's love for us and our outlook on life changes for the better. What we don't get told many times is that this new life is just the beginning and that we're going to be challenged to allow God to change us. Pastor Mark is teaching about our need to learn to trust God more and more and in greater ways. We don't have to guess about the major things because he's given us direction in the Bible. As we learn to trust and obey, we will know his peace in increasing amounts. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with his continuing study called How to Listen to God. As a parent, when you love your kids and they ask you something, would you say, watch this, I'm going to tell them the wrong thing, see what happens to them. <laughs> well, no, you wouldn't do it. You love your kids. Well, I'm not going to say anything. No, you want to give them wisdom. If you know God, you'll understand he's a generous God and he is out there to help us do life. So we have to ask And we have to expect. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Expect God to speak into your life. Matthew 11 says, he who has ears, listen, God will speak to us. Expect it. Now, a little homework for you. First Samuel chapter three. If you do study first Samuel chapter three in the Old Testament, you'll hear this little key phrase. Speak. Your servant is listening. Speak, your servant is listening. So when you study that, you'll understand that. That brings up point number three. It flows right from that. Point number three, you have to submit to God's will up front. If I'm going to learn to listen to God, I have to take time and be quiet. I have to ask God and then expect him to speak. But... As I'm asking for wisdom and direction, I have to pray like Psalm 119, 145 says. I pray with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. 
I will obey your decrees. Now, why do I say submit to God's will up front? Here's why. We must decide in our hearts that we will do whatever God says before we ask him to speak. You see, hearing will be much easier if God knows we're going to obey regardless. Submitting to God's will before hearing it shows that I trust the all-knowing God, and that we believe his will is good for us. I can't go to God and say this, God, I'm at a fork in the road. I know this way is right. So I'm just praying for him. Just give me an okay, would you, God? Thanks so much. And God says, no, right isn't right, go left. Well, I don't receive that. That isn't from you. If you're not going to accept what God says, God will not answer you. Why would he answer you? He already knows you're not going to do it. Well, God, if it's, if it's kind of what I want to do, I'll obey you. Now, none of us would really say that out loud. But notice this whole scripture was about our heart. He knows our heart. So if I'm saying to God, God, I need a decision here. And you better answer like this right here. It ain't happening. You're not going to hear him. And don't blame God. It's because you wouldn't submit to his will. And the reason you don't submit to his will is you don't think his will is better for you than your will. That's a mistake about knowing your shepherd. Remember, he's all-knowing. I'm not. So get quiet. Ask and expect. And then up front, just say to God, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. Number four, obey completely with a positive attitude. There's an old song we used to sing in church. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Some of you know that. Jackie knows that. Lots of the rest of you know that. Trust and obey. There's no other way. Notice Psalm 119, 32. I run in the path of your command. It's not like, God, don't tell me to do that. Okay, I'll do it. No, I run in the path of your commands because you've set my heart free. When I trust God, I'll obey God because I know it's good for me. It doesn't matter what's out there. I'll simply obey it. That has to be a mindset that you and I have. You see, there's nothing more important in life than hearing God, our shepherd, speak to us. There's nothing more exciting in life than following our shepherd with expectation. Now, remember... God is not a formula. You can't figure God out. His ways are not our ways. Finish this statement with me. Expect the... And when you hear some answers that God gives you, they're definitely unexpected. That's because he's God. And I want to give you this before we go to our last passage. Write this down this morning. One... Simple word from God can change our lives forever. One word from God can change our lives forever. I got a word from God 19 years ago, sitting in a pastor's conference. I was a pharmacist, as you know. Been praying about coming to Melbourne. Didn't have the date. Didn't know when we do. Been praying for five years. That's 19 years ago. And in one meeting, somebody spoke, and God just said to my heart, through the inner spirit, 
time to start the church. That was January 1992, the end of January. Two months later, we started Calvary Chapel of Millen. One word, change your life forever. I never thought I'd be a pastor. I never thought I'd give up my pharmacy degree. Ah, all the anguish to get that sucker. Five years of schooling, a year internship, just gave it up. One word from God. By the way, if you got saved, one word from God changed your life forever. Don't doubt that one word can change your life. Because God knows what's before us and how he wants to use us. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And I want you to go through this very quickly, but it's going to be powerful for you and for me. Luke chapter 5. We begin in verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him, and notice what they were doing, listening to the word of God. Now, why would there be a crowd of people listening to the Bible being taught? Why? One day, Jesus... He looked out at the people who were dead in religion. And he saw all these people that were trying to be good enough to get to heaven by religion. And he said they were sheep with what? Without a shepherd. shepherd. You remember that? And remember what the scripture said he did? He began teaching them. See, one of the great roles of God, our shepherd, of God is our shepherd, is to teach us. Do you know who's teaching you today? Not me. God, our shepherd's teaching us. You're the person of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm his voice. I'm holding the staff. But God's holding you. And he's teaching us. So there's a crowd. People want to know how to do life. That's why all the churches that teach the word of God, by and large, they just keep growing. Why? Because people are tired of dead religion. As it goes on, he said he saw on the water's edge, at the water's edge, two boats left there by the fishermen who had been out all night and they were washing their nets. Well, they got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and they asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down, which is the normal way they taught in those days, and taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets. For a catch. Look at the answer in verse 5. And Simon answered, Master, we worked all night, hard all night, haven't caught anything. Here's what you want to circle in your Bible. But because you say so. Just circle it in your Bible. Because God, you say so. In the New King James, it says, Nevertheless, at your word. That's a principle that will do you for life. Because God, you say so. Well, I don't really agree with it. Because you, all-knowing God, say so, I'll do it. Here's what you want to write from that principle. If you learn this, then it will help you to listen to God. We don't have to understand God... Or his ways to obey him. Now, sometimes we will. 
But sometimes we roam. Peter, you're going to see in a moment, he's trying to progress this through his mind. This doesn't make any sense to Peter. Zero. It's foolish. But because the shepherd said it, he obeyed. You don't have to understand God or his ways to obey him. He's God. His ways are not. Don't try to put him in your box. Let him out of your box today. The only thing you have to understand is what he says in here always holds true. And then he takes that and he operates some different ways here. Now notice, look back at verse 4. What you see in verse 4 is this. You see a command. Peter hears a command. Take the boat to the deep water. But he also hears a promise. Take the boat to the deep water and you will catch fish. Jesus doesn't say, take the boat to the deep water. Let's see if we can find anything out there. No, it's a command and it's a promise. Now, as Peter begins to work through that, as he's obeying God, he's thinking of these things. Well, it doesn't make any sense. It's the wrong time of day. You don't fish in the daylight. It's too deep. You fish near the shore. Hello. We've been out all night. We got zero, not a nothing. I'm a fisherman. And Jesus is a carpenter. This doesn't make any sense at all. But because God said so, I trust Jesus and I trust his words. And then Peter had to come to this. Listen, because you're going to have to come to this. I will not let my emotions keep me from obeying. I don't want to go. I just cleaned the nets. I'm dead tired. This is crazy. I will not let my emotions keep me from obeying. Listen, big one. I don't care what other people will say. You're going to see in a moment the other disciples are going, are you nuts? I don't care what other people say. But at your word, I'll take a step of faith and believe. And because of that, I'm going to take the boat out in the deep water. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Later, Peter would learn that God is only pleased with steps of faith, even though we don't understand it. He just wants to see if we're listening and if we're obeying. Well, look at verse 6. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Write by verse 6 in your Bible, write this word, miracle. Miracle. Don't be afraid of the supernatural. God's into the supernatural. Things are supernatural, visions and dreams. The word of God, you're being born again is a miracle. How can you explain in one second, your sins are gone, you're forgiven, you're guaranteed a brand new start in life, and you're on your way to heaven. It's impossible. That's a miracle. So, by the way, how did these fish get there when Peter were there the night before and there was nothing? How'd that happen? I don't know. Jesus went, here, fishy, fishy, fishy. I don't know what he did. Should that be a problem for God? Who created the fish? Hello. So he just said, fishy, 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 come over here. Here they came. Verse 7. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now Luke doesn't tell us what the other disciples thought. But when they heard Peter say, we're going fishing again, they probably went, who said that? Peter. Yeah, forget it. Wild Peter. Nut Peter. So as they're rolling the boats out there, they're thinking inside of them, this is the craziest thing we've ever done. We're doing this in the daylight. What is wrong with the nuthead Peter? But now that they're rowing over, they're not laughing anymore. They're not making snide remarks anymore. They're too busy hauling in the catch 
of a lifetime. You can't put God in your little box. Let him be God. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. What if Peter had listened but decided not to obey God in his word? Now, listen to me. Could it be that you're here this morning, sitting in your boat, debating whether to follow the word of God that God has definitely given you? Are you still trying to decide whether it makes any sense to do it your way or God's way? Are you letting your mind, your emotions, your friends, keeping you from taking the boat out to the deep and simply obeying God and his word? I want to tell you this morning, the wise thing to always do is to take God at his word. You see, if Peter doesn't take God at his word, there's no catch. There's no blessing for Peter. There's no blessing for the other people. You and I have to be very careful. We say sometimes God isn't blessing us. That's because we don't take him at his words. And those words almost always require a step of faith. Now, I want you to write this next statement down. Because Peter did obey. He did take Jesus at his word. Notice. Listening to and obeying God blesses other people. And it blesses me. You see, that's the kind of God we have. A God that wants to bless us. A God that wants us to be used to bless other people. So if that's you today, and you're debating whether to obey God, let me just give you a word of wisdom. Obey God. It's always the right thing to do. As Charles Stanley says, obey God and leave all the consequences to him. Just obey him and you'll discover God will bless you and others. Now look at me for a moment. Knowing Peter, the bold Peter, the blashing Peter, knowing him, what do you think it was like as he rolled that boat back into the shore? Two boats just filled with it. Hey! I'm coming in. This is me, Pete, baby. You can't. This is the fish of a lifetime. Wait till you see me, man. I knew this spot to go to. This is terrific. You can see Pete doing that, can't you? What would you be doing? Just quietly rolling in. I don't think so. We'd be out there trying to go, thank you very much. Uh, would you like the charter tomorrow morning? That would be no problem. Well, look at what verse 8 tells us. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. What did Peter discover? That he was a man and he wasn't God. He finally discovered he was a sheep and he had a shepherd. That knew a whole lot more about life than he did. That was humbling. But it was a great reaction. Because God loves humble people. Verse 9. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. And so were James and John the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Peter, don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. 
You see, the disciples through this fishing story were learning something that's good for you and me today. They were learning the mission and the purposes of Jesus. They were learning that life is not about fish and boats and money and people and stuff. Life is about God and people and how we use our time. What did Peter learn about God during this? By listening. You want to write this. Here's what Peter definitely learned. When God gets in your boat, Life is forever amazing. I mean, the life that he would have now, you couldn't ever ask Peter to change it for anything, even though he was martyred upside down. He wouldn't change it for a second. You see, the minute you and I turn our life over to God, oh, there's ups and downs. Oh, there's a promise God gives us. In this world, you'll have trouble. Professor Mike, you could have gone all day without saying that one. But at the end of it, he says this, but don't be afraid, I've overcome the world. You see, we have the shepherd with us. So what did Peter learn by listening to Jesus in this whole situation? He learned this, that God wants to do life with us. That's amazing. The God of the world, our creator, wants to do life with us. He learned this, God knows what he's doing. And by the way, I don't. How smart do you think you are? Do you know that the leadership of this church very often says this to God? God, we have no idea what the word we're doing here. We don't want to tell the people because they'll think we're idiots, but we have no idea what we're doing here. But we do have an idea. You know what we're doing? We're listening to God and following him. He's the only one all-knowing. The next thing we learn from Peter, I wrote a bunch of these down. I'll give you a couple more. God can do anything. Don't you dare put him in a box. Peter learned this. God wants to bless us. Peter learned this. God wants to bless us who we can bless others. And we learn that God's highest principle is always spiritual. It's about the eternal. Last, he said to Peter, Peter, quit being fearful. So what do I know about God? God knows my future. There's no reason for you to be fearful today. At the end of this, what is the reaction as they got to shore? Did they think like, well, we're going to set up a, man, we, we got the fish time of a life. We got money in the bank now, baby. But look at verse 11. So they pulled up their boats in the shore and they left everything and followed him. Do you know one day Peter would preach and 5,000 fish would get saved? 5,000. Over two days. Last thing I want you to write this morning is this. The only way to live and die successfully is to listen, obey, and follow God. Notice I didn't say the only way to live. Or I didn't say the only way to die. The only way to live and die successfully is to listen, obey, and follow God. Do you realize today if you're a Christian, God is with you. He lives inside you. The shepherd, he lives inside you. He's there to guide you. So this is the only way to do life. A sheep following the shepherd. By the way, this doesn't work. If you're trying to ask God to follow you, it doesn't work. This is the only way it works. Today, Pastor Mark continued to teach us how to prepare ourselves to hear from God. As we set time aside to hear Him and expect Him to speak to us, He will do just that. We also learned about the importance of submitting to God's will without conditions. Our attitude is vital as well. We can't expect to hear God when we're grumbling and complaining. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This concludes the teaching, How to Listen to God. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the teaching called One. He will teach us about God's call on our life. He will also be instructing us on the importance of taking responsibility for investing our lives for the kingdom of God. We'll hear about our need to persevere in doing our tasks for God and to learn how to do that. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.